Hello, welcome to the Fitcast Extra, episode 21, as always, joined by my pal, Sporting Panda. How are you doing, mate? Good afternoon, I'm alright, mate. Yep, earliest start today for us, isn't it? Early, well, 2.15. for me. <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> the truth is to the audience, we were going to record at, um, what is it, one thirty, one o'clock? And then yes. I text you at 12.20 saying, ah, oh, just overslept a touch. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're here at 2 and... Uh, yeah, life is good. So um, yeah. I keep getting awoken by about five forty-five, six a.m. by just hay fever at its absolute peak point, and it is horrible. Like nose stuffed, eyes hurting, and I just kind of roll over, take a take a a pill, use oh. some nasal spray, and then I kind of roll back over. And you know when you like blink your eyes and you don't really go into deep sleep, blink my eyes, and it's like eight a.m. or ten a.m. again. Yeah. And roll out of bed and do whatever I need to do. Just trouble out of bed. I horrible. have such sympathy for the hay fever sufferers out there because I always used to feel bad for people in exam season. It always used to kick off, didn't it, with revision and mm. then people sitting exams. Luckily, I've never suffered from it, but um, I'm up all the night on, on baby duty. So that so for people thinking I'm lazy, there is I, I do go to bed extremely late. So that explains my um, body clock. I never um, used to have hay fever, but it, it's come on in the last like three to five years, I think. Mm. It's weird developing mm. yet that's that's annoying that but I've sucks. actually i mean i was telling you i've, I've moved out recently so if i'm yeah. sounding different that's that's why um you don't actually sound too bad do at i not all. okay no. that's good no well, have you got the mic than you usually yeah <laughs> <laughs> have you got the microphone set up and uh, you know where it oh, needs to be is everything cool right yeah. in front of my mouth right now all right but i mean have you got that clamp thing you know you talk yeah. about hanging a microphone from above yeah you got that i've got the arm i've got the arm the arm from, sorry from, that's from the, the side te- of my desk yeah that's the technical jargon the arm <laughs> yeah yeah heck of a job by the way on sunday's podcast just talking about you recording loved it for people that haven't heard it i really urge you to go and listen to sam friedman and uh, sigmund freud i re- truly enjoyed that show i know people don't think i listened but <laughs> I, I did and it was exceptional it makes me feel quite sheepish recording today i wish i had their communication skills and their the way they articulate their thoughts is uh, and there was some very strong thoughts as well so i enjoyed that very good show it, it's very tough speaking to two blokes who are who are possibly in the kind of zero point one percent of smart people, and mm. then Sigmund calls Sam the smartest person he's ever met. So you know, mm. there's just levels to this game. I'm always reminded I, I class myself and yourself as relatively intelligent blokes, but we're basically cavemen compared to them, aren't we? We maybe we are in a book smart, but there's book smart, there's street <laughs> smart, many forms of brightness out there. So let's not put ourselves down too much. Um, so you know, <laughs> uh, what have you been up to this week before we go? into not, reviewing last not, episode yeah not not too much really just uh enjoying the football loving life with well football the top four race in the premier league which you might touch upon later that just like lit me up i think that's just exceptional that's brilliant you know <laughs> like, it's just really enjoyable so i'm enjoying that aspect of it football's been a touch up and down in terms of with no crowds but i think the premier league has brought it back to life um Mountain buggy arrived for those of oh, you yeah. who are messaging me and worried. So that's arrived. iPhone is still AWOL, so I'm going to cancel that order and I may even switch brand. Um, oh, wow. Bloody well, hell. it's poor, isn't it? It's been two weeks now and it's just vanished. And the money's still not back in my account. Um, and then the FI Dustin, quick shout out to him. I'm just working with him on a rebrand behind the scenes. You know him? Yes. He's designing me a banner, which uh, mm. yeah, fairly interesting. Working on a rebrand, that's going to be interesting. Are you going to stick some polls out and be like, what do people prefer? <laughs> I might do, to be honest. I feel a bit sheepish about it, but I quite like it. So we, we shall see about that. But really not not a lot of um, activity this week at Panda HQ. No. Oh, interesting. But, well, you've well. had more than me, haven't you, moving house? 
Well, yeah, yeah. I've, this is my is it my third night, maybe fourth night here, which is mm. uh, yeah, it's good. I basically so it's supposed to be like a a two bed flat, but the but they've converted the living room into a bedroom, like most student properties, um, and. I've got this big, big room that's supposed to be a living room, so I'm very wary that might there might be some echo that I might need to fix in the uh, mm. in the post production of this. But I'm, I'm, you know, very happy with it. I've got loads mm. more space, which is great. Uh, more space, a, a, a proper desk for all fig stuff. But it's, uh, yeah, a bit more activity than you. But I am, I am absolutely disgusted that you're moving away from the iPhone, though. I might not. It depends where. I'm not a big enough fish, sadly, for Apple to. To, to correct their mistake and apologize to me or anything, you know, they don't need Unless me. this goes completely viral. Which, yeah, it's very remote, but it is a bit of a shit show from them. Um, I don't want to change, but it kind of, what can I do if I need a new phone and they're not sending it and they're not responding? I'll give the Apple Care number a, a ring after we, after we receive it. <laughs> Um, right. Well, I mean, the only thing we want to talk about from the last episode is uh, the response to your oh. kind of, uh, amazing speech i think it's up there with you know the you know the, the great speeches of of all time i think probably the best in the 21st century you know? <laughs> i mean so <laughs> almost tony blair-esque wasn't it uh, more so i mean the power of it i received so many nice dms and um <laughs> it was quite flattering really because it wasn't planned that no, was the no. that that's people may find it hard to believe and you know maybe i can't convince them but it was just genuine observations from listening to it it wasn't planned at all i don't think you expected it did you no no i think a lot of people um thought that i'd kind of planted the seed but you were like <laughs> oh I'm, I'm just gonna do. i was like okay intro then we'll do this and you were like oh i'm just gonna say a couple words about mm. the pod because um i think there's been some people that haven't really taken the right points away from it and i was like okay cool that's gonna be like a minute went into this eight minute monologue <laughs> yeah i know sam richard retweeted a lot of people oh. fbi there was a lot of uh, accounts that kind of said you know uh, tactics nick who we like yeah. a, lot of, a lot of accounts i like said oh good eight minutes you know important to listen to so and i thought they it stopped was... with, and then they stopped listening well that's okay. nah i'm joking <laughs> i mean when your nemesis is retweeting you then you know you're you're kind of you've done something well who's right? my nemesis fbi oh yeah yeah that's true yeah, or yeah has yeah, that yeah. feud kind of been settled now oh um well he hasn't he hasn't threatened to, to take the Thursday show yet. He seems a busy man on Twitter he does, trading he and making big profits. So I don't think he needs this. I don't, I I don't think, think he, knows he wants this hot seat. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't want the gig. Fair no, no, I think he's doing uh, well enough without it. So, um, all right. But, so, I mean, go on, go on. No, no. So I'm going to say well, just a quick note today. I mean, where do you, well, we've got to talk about the market, haven't we? We pride ourselves here on um, on discussing, you know, everything and, every, and anything under the sun. And um, mar- the market is extremely flat um at the moment and we'll, we'll get into that in a second and i think to me phil foden was potentially a bit of a, a watershed moment when i said wow this is this is pretty flat you know with the rise and then the fall after it there's been some other notable flatness you know i think trent yesterday was a good example where he established himself as you know an even better free, free kick taker in people's minds than before you know he he moved up the pecking order now and he took some against everton so for him to drop a few pennies i think there's no doubt we have to face the reality that yeah, this is a very challenging market at the moment and um, we need to get into probably the whys and hows and, and what can be done. Yeah, I, I think there's also, I think there's two points here. It's like... Where can we start? Yeah. Let's yeah, I, I think there's a few points that I'll, I'll kind of summarise and we can right. go into each one. It's like, you know, one, why is this currently happening? 
two mm. what needs to happen for this to stop happening and three mm. how to kind of react in a market that isn't rocketing because i can think you, can you keep a note of those three points yeah of course. yeah because that's, that's quite good i've peeled a peeled a post-it post note as you've spoken there that's quite good because um, you know it's all one thing to talk about the market but it's nice to break it down into kind of three sections isn't it yeah so and I, give some we've, got the why, the we've got so the why we've got the why okay so we we need to start with the why don't we yeah. why is it happening um well, you see, this when ME launched, there was a huge uptake and excitement about it, wasn't it? And um, I'm trying to rewind the clock and think about when things started to turn. And is it fair to point to the Adam Cole Q&A or how much weight would you put onto that Q&A and the uncertainty and the negative response in the community, you know, to start this snowball effect? I, I think it was a trigger point for yes i think it was a trigger point for people that were being negative about the emmys already to kind of perpetuate and amplify that if that makes mm. sense mm. Mm. which again people can have their opinions about the emmys and how they work and kind of whether or not um you know the values have been changed which i think we've had those debates quite a lot and we've answered questions about them mm. we've made our, our feelings clear and i think um sigmund made his his kind of point again on on sunday which i thought was was really good a few monologues from him on kind of player mm. value with me's and how they haven't changed but when it, you know it doesn't take a lot to set off communities in general like i i think it's it's interesting isn't it like we had to break down last week's show uh you know um wow you know they, they delivered emmys in eight weeks uh they've got enough uh tech power now to handle ipos to the level of uh, jude bellingham mm. um there's the insurance products all these great things that we've kind of like picked out of that podcast that weren't mm. really discussed because we tend to take negativity more it's like i think sigmund talked or, or sam mentioned that um a loss to us means twice as much as a gain. So if mm, you lose mm. a pound, it feels twice as worse than mm. how good uh, uh, gaining a pound feels. So um, in this scenario, it's kind of like, well, all these things that have happened are great. The Emmys were great and people really reacted to that in a really positive manner. But you only need half as much of that badness to happen, if that makes sense, to have the same yeah. uh, other side effect, if yeah. that makes sense at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... I, I do think they made a mistake. I've always said this, if you go back a few weeks on the podcast, <laughs> I feel like the, the period we've got to trial it with the 0% mm. is, is a fraction too long. Now, that isn't going to yeah. change everything and where there's still more to discuss, but that's another trigger because people have got... Um, there is such an incentive and a push to use the ME now. You know, you can see a player saw... And in the past, you may have jumped on through FOMO, whereas now you've seen, okay, if you leave it a week or two, then if they have a bad performance, the community and traders, we're fairly knee-jerk and we're not really using the fact that we have a three-year bet up our sleeve as an advantage. We're looking to jump off them. So where someone can go at 40p, and in the past, you know, you would have scrambled to buy, now you can kind of wait back a bit and think I'll pick him up at 410 on the match engine and then post that. And it gives you that instant feeling of profit. And because it's 0% on the bid side, I do think there is an awful lot of money that's being put into the index, which is all hidden beneath mm. beneath the market buy. So I think- I actually think there's been a lot of activity. It's just within the MEs, well, do you know? I, I want do some you know clarity. I mean? Yeah, I mean, I want some clarity from, uh, I'll reach out to market cap index track 
uh, index tracker because the footy keeps rising, doesn't it? I mean, it's up to one nine eight. Maybe it's not today, but mm. it, it's been creeping up. And I and I've been depositing, and I know a lot of other people have. But all the activity seems to be happening beneath the surface of the water mm. through the ME, and there needs to be a bit of a divergence away from the ME. I find like the balance is just a little bit off at the moment, and um, and obviously that's that's kind of dampening the price rises. The other How? big thing... Oh, go on. Go on, sorry. No, go on, you go. Oh, no, the other big thing is that the market, it, it's very strange because we had money pouring into the platform when the taps were turned off and instant sell was pretty much down, set at 60%. You know, the market grew by 20 million in that period. Now instant sell, not instant sell, sorry, but now you've got an option and some liquidity to trade. It's It's had the opposite effect. You know, people were throwing money in when they couldn't instant sell and it's it's a funny it's a funny mentality shift um and i, I do feel bad for certainly look, i think you have to have some empathy for traders at the lower end i mean look the, the spreads blanket wide were were a bit tighter when you rewind the clock six months ago and you know you may argue that it encouraged some bad habits some some lazy valuations but it, it did change the risk profile. I don't believe it, it changed the valuation, but the risk profile, I guess, to a lot of people, um, they felt comforted, didn't they, by having the instant sell there? Um, but it will come back. You know, that's another thing as well. Like, there's so much to this. Like, you think about the top end now. Like, when I joined the platform, the top end had Neymar, Messi, um, Pogba, all had little knocks on them. You know, Neymar had his injury problems. Pogba was potentially leaving the country. Messi was getting above 30. We've now got a top end with under 23 generational superstars. And I don't use that term lightly. You know, Trent, Alexander-Arnold, Sancho, I think Haaland, but, you know, some people may want to disclude him. And Mbappe. Um, there is another one as well. But, like, you know, the top end is extremely healthy now. And in terms of the market cycle, that does feel a better place to put money. The lower end will have its moment. Like you're always going to get your Jonathan Davids or, you know, your Gianluca Mancini's who the Roma sends back. I don't know. There's many names. Many people are better than me down at the lower end. But it's the lower end for a reason because you need to show some patience. The rewards are astronomical if you get a player right. You know, you can go from 60p to £2.40. But I don't think it's fair to expect it to be as liquid and as tradable as the household names who are under 23 and winning dividends fairly consistently at the moment. You know, so if I own a 60p player, I'm thinking, well, I may have to wait six months to a year. I need to buy into his career. It's a bit not like a penny stock, but, you know, the reward if I get it right is astronomical. Mm. And, you know, it's really nice to have a sprinkling down there. But, but I think that's actually quite attractive. Like, I think that's actually quite attractive to traders if they actually blank out that sell price for a bit and they look at that lower end. And I know there's people who want to flip those players, but if you look at people coming from that kind of FM background or people that kind of long like the long-term game and they can pick up, um, let's say, Jonathan David like 18 months ago or 12 months ago at mm. kind of 60p, um, that's really attractive to people, isn't it? Don't you think is it, Yeah, yeah. I, I, guess... I think there's a lot of fear because you can't sell straight away, but... You know, that that kind of happens in all markets when you go at those kind of odds, right? Well, to, to me, yes. Um, if I, I didn't ever tend to look at the instant sale price, apart from when I was being cheeky, you know, and I bought a £1.40 player on a transfer rumour, and I thought, you know what, if it goes wrong, I can duck out at a 10-15% hit. Potent that area might have changed. But 
again, you know, we've got all of those factors. We've also got the main factor. This is phase one. You know, yeah. we're judging something on an and, unfinished and, and, and product. To be fair to people who are quite, like, annoyed by it only being halfway, I do think that FI should have come out and said very much more explicitly, this is phase one, because they mentioned it, of course. But I think in that kind of line of comms, you have to say, this is when we expect phase two to launch. Right, and I and I actually think I think we think, said this on the podcast last week, didn't we? Sa- uh, not Sam, Panda, Panda. Um, that if we Panda, that if we in an ideal world we'd all get in a time machine and fast forward to September where we have sell side order books, we have mm. uh, media sorted out, we have a dividend increase, we have clarity mm. on the PV matrix whether it changes or not. We have clarity, and we we go into a a season of football where all. Um, leagues are playing at the same time and we have two back-to-back tournaments the next two mm. summers. I think this is kind of the growing pains between now and that point, isn't it? It's it, very important to understand that this is a, a transitional period. I think it's gone on a month too long. That's what I would say. I, I, I don't agree with the time frame of it, but we are in a holding phase at the moment and you're not under any pressure to sell. By all means, if you're nervous about the future of the platform, if you need to take money out, then I can understand people walking away from it. But to me, my honest opinion is that this is just such a tiny blip in the last two years. And there's such extraordinary rewards and opportunities moving forward. I mean, I I said the football calendar, even that alone is causing me some uncertainty in my buyers because... I've got uncertainty on whether to buy the second tier transfers. I don't know about buying pre-season youth stars. I don't know how the calendars are going to align. I don't know what media is going to be out there. I don't know if the PB matrix is locked down. I don't know if we're going to get a return of SMDP, super match day uh, points. You know, there's just a lot that I think needs to settle and fall into place. But it is. It's not as if we haven't heard from Football, football Index and we're, we're kind of left in the dark. I think they could be clearer, by all means. I think I think they could... Be a little bit firmer on their dates um but yeah the market how, how big a we i just wanted to circle back slightly on the two percent because i think that's actually really important and i think that i maybe i'm absolutely over um overestimating the effect that this could have but i really do think the two percent is a big piece of the puzzle don't you think panda like i, th- I thought it was a bigger piece before this last week you know okay. because I, I was looking at sancho at 14 pounds and um now I need to get my maths right here. This is quite embarrassing. What's two percent? What's ninety-eight percent? You know, point uh, nine eight times fourteen, so thirteen pound seventy-two. So it doesn't fully work as much as I thought. I initially thought to myself, if you're paying two percent anyway commission on a bid, then you need to get Sancho at quite a hefty discount to make it worthwhile for you. So you're not going to be as willing to go through the match engine process, but. Obviously, but the, now, the, the spread is now it's um, 32p on him, right? Which is, is that two and a half percent? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that suddenly becomes larger, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah. I think the 2% is definitely a piece of the puzzle. But I do think there's lots of other elements at play, as we spoke what, about. What about the 60% bid zone? In, in I think we I talked about that as something that was overlooked by a lot of traders, but that it would help liquidity um, in terms of kind of not making it so a lot of money is tied up like 80% below buy price. But do you think that that maybe should have been a bit more... What Do you think that 60% difference was quite optimistic by FI in hindsight? Uh. I don't, I don't know. I don't know is the answer to that question. I'm not sure. What do you think? That's a really I, hard question for me. The, the issue is that 
40% seems too cautious and 60% maybe seems slightly optimistic but I don't have too big a problem with uh, with it but I just made a note down mm. about that as mm. to maybe something we can discuss what do you think the traders what do you think the sentiment is I mean people clearly you know it's not a nice feeling just as a market snowballs up you know football index in covid it was phenomenal wasn't it you know your Havertzes and your so, so many players um had huge lifts Gabriel Jesus like the market coming in considering instant sale was turned off was exceeded my expectations and things snowballed in a positive way. I guess at the moment things are snowballing in a negative way. And as far as I can tell, and it'd be interesting to see some comments, it's more around the fact that people are not confident in the ability to sell players. But yeah, I guess again, that, and that tends to fall back to who the players are, doesn't it? I mean, I don't really have that concern, but maybe people would say, well, it's all right for you. You know, you're a big trader and stuff, but, you know, I've got I've got more to lose, arguably. And you have so, more more futures to shift. Yeah. It's actually not, harder to get out of your position. Yeah, I'm extremely confident in six months to a year, even less, I'll be able to market sell my players. Um But and what do you think about dividends and the and the increase? You know, that that's something the market probably needs, would you say? We've always said about fifty percent. Maybe that's a bit bullish, but do you think the markets outrun its rewards? J- just before we get into that, I think I, I saw some a couple of really good comments. One was from the Discord from uh, Football Index TW, which I think you mentioned earlier to some extent. But he said it's weird how this has happened in a kind of topsy turvy way that through COVID we grew twenty five thirty million pounds or whatever percent twenty five thirty percent, but after that we de- we've declined slightly. If that happened the opposite way for traders, we'd be in a in a you know a really happy and the sentiment would be so positive way kind of thing mm. if that makes sense. But it's interesting the psychology behind that that we um, that we kind of talk about you know now this in such a negative way. I, I just wanted to pinpoint two more things. Right, one was PB Man where I think he tweeted something along the lines of. Um, well, we know this current setup isn't perfect, but what would have been the alternative? Would we have preferred would we have preferred FI to just keep the taps off and people continue buying without being able to sell and just yeah, have yeah. one selling mechanism? Really good point. I was wondering that because if we rewind the clock and we think as a community back to when instant sale was turned off, money was flying into the index, buyers were going through the ticker, things were looking very different. I guess football index got to a fork in the road at that point. They could have well, three options. They could have kept instant sell at 60%, which I think was would have been the wrong move and very harsh. They could have walked the spread in a touch and they could have maybe moved it to 70% and kept the mechanism the same until full order books were ready. Or they could have scrambled and developed an in-house solution, which they've obviously gone for, um, which isn't ready. You know, which well, the in-house solution was ready from a buyer side but it wasn't ready from the sell side. So we're not getting that efficient change of capital and resources, are we? It would have been interesting if they'd have walked the spreads into 70%, where we'd be today. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe they do regret that looking back because, you know, let's face facts, it hasn't gone down very well. There's no two ways about it. I mean, it hasn't for the last two weeks, right? Yes, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I two mean, weeks out of a whole year. It's very, <laughs> It's very hard to say it hasn't gone well when the flurry of activity that happened when was it six weeks ago um mm. four five six weeks ago was amazing well even so, the first week of me everyone yeah. was hugely positive about exactly. it everyone was loving life enjoying it picking up bargains it it creates an opportunity for someone to get out it creates mm. an opportunity for someone to buy at a discount you know 
everyone was loving life. And it, it, it does feel to me like the trigger was the Adam Cole q and mm. I mean, I can't help mm. but think that because... It just tips people over the edge, doesn't it? I remember Trent Alexander-Arnold the night before. Don had made a flurry of purchasing. And I thought, <laughs> I thought in my head, you know, Don, Trent, he's on his way to 11, 12 pounds. Things were <laughs> flying. And then the Q&A was almost the first crack in the eggshell. Mm, mm. And, and then people start asking questions, right? Oh, correct. what if this happens? And what if what this... If, and people don't really yeah. think about probabilities. They all think of these things as certainties. Mm. Do you know mm. what I mean? It's like, okay, well, the PB matrix is definitely going to change. And um, the sell side order books is not going to come until then. And uh, dividends aren't going to increase. So they're going to only increase by like 10%. Do you know what I mean? People start making up stories in their head and it's very hard to kind of escape them. Um, I, I do want to just take, talk about one more thing, which I was discussing in the Discord. And I'm not, to, I'm, you know, we're very apolitical on this podcast, but I wanted to kind of make a couple comments on um, kind of, political races and events that we've seen and how sentiment on social media has been really um uh mistranslated so for example when trump came into power the odds were very long by bookies and you know people on twitter were very much saying oh that's never gonna happen same with brexit and um and and recently in the uk with uh the most recent election a lot of people thought that labor had a chance if you if you look at the odds right um but they they lost by the biggest margin in, in like a century and and you know i've gone on a bit of a tangent here but what i mean is that sometimes what you see on social media doesn't actually reflect all the opinions of everyone in a community so i've kind of used a, a macro uh example there but if we think about fi as a thing right um there are a lot of people now shouting or moaning and tweeting about FI that don't reflect the whole community, if that makes sense. And I'm not saying that we do panda in this in this kind of podcast. We are voicing our own opinions completely, and I want to be very explicit about that. But it's very important to kind of look beyond the face of what you're seeing on social media because you know the examples i use there there were a lot of red-faced people when all those events happened and you know we can look at you know leicester winning the league is something that's more of a miracle but those other events there were people that were very certain that outcomes were going to be closer or um uh, there was going to be a bit more of a, a tug of war with those things but in fi in the community i think it's very important to look at certain tweets and actually kind of judge this in a very uh logical and um not very emotional way if that makes sense mm, I, I think that's fair yeah I, I don't think the community i don't think as a community we help ourselves but every obviously every opinion is valid and um i do read them all but sometimes you know you lose the will to reply because if people don't want to listen or don't want to believe certain things then that's up to them and you know you end up resigning yourself i mean i could honestly say now i said at the start of covid the, the COVID will be the making of Football Index and people were rewarded for for investing and staying the course then. I'm still hugely up over this calendar year. I'm down over the last two weeks. We have a huge summer ahead of us. You know, if people choose not to believe Adam Cole and choose not to believe it, then that's fine. But history tells us Football Index has gone from strength to strength over the last few years. <laughs> you know, we've just had a successful ME launch. We've got media. We've got phase two of order books. We've got news on the matrix. Um, we've got a dividend review, which is stamped down to, to occur. So all very exciting things. What do, what do you think about something Sam Friedman said? And I, I tend to agree with him here. Do you think we need an extra layer of value on the lower end asset class? Because I'm really torn on this because I think if you increase the building blocks of this platform are PB and MB. So you want to reward those handsomely. IPD also, you know, 
people love that and that needs to have its own area. But do we need to give, you know, I scribbled down a thought that if you receive, sorry, if you score over 175 PB, a penny, uh, over 225 2p, over 275 3p, and make it like a 30-day baseline reward metric to kind of give some extra value to the sub-two-pound market. Do you think we need that? I think whatever happens, if something does happen, it can't be another 30-day layer. I think you start complicating things too much. Ah, And I think I, I saw quite... I saw an interesting kind of uh, few things posted by EJ um, that I didn't dislike, didn't necessarily like, but I think Soccer Index um, commented on one of his posts and said, if you have to read it twice, put it in the bin. Yeah, and I, which I, I think... Yeah, which I, I found love, quite interesting. I love that. I, actually, I, I, I quite like that comment. And I messaged him I, and said, fully, fully agree. <laughs> I love that tweet, yeah. But I think when you are developing a product, if you do make it too complex, you really do run the risk of... Uh, lowering the probability of becoming a mainstream mm. product. And I think Sam is right. To get to a £1 billion market cap, it can't be just the top 20 that rise exponentially. But what you, I think, can't do is add more comparative value to other parts of the market compared to the top end, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Which I, th- I, I think that would run a big risk of more money dropping out of the market. And I think the kind of idea of over 175, over 200, over 250 across a player's career, I think, okay, that's that's one thing. But if it's another 30-day cycle, I think we start getting into intricacies that are too uh, yeah, too fair, much fair, for me. And I just want to make one final comment. Sorry, sorry yeah, go, go. The foundations of Football Index in terms of the intrinsic value of all the assets on FI is not sound enough to be talking about other areas of value, in my honest opinion. We can't we can't sit here in this podcast, on this podcast, and last week say to listeners that we think that MB is a two or three out of ten. And, you know, I said that to Adam and Akash maybe <laughs> stupidly to their faces. But um Yeah. That's that's the, the honest goddamn truth of it. And we can't, I think, start looking at other areas of value until those things are firmed up. You know, in Six months, eight, uh, t- 12 months, if we look back on it and we say, okay, MB is now at eight and uh, PB is locked in for three seasons, then I think you can start looking at it. But I, I honestly do believe that a, a, you know, a dividend increase across the board um, kind of uh, proportionally works for the lower and top end of the market. And eventually, yeah, because, if mm. you don't see the kind of liquidity pour into that side of the market again, then you can look at it. But I do think the fundamental aspects of the intrinsic value mm. of our bets mm. need to be firm. Those foundations need to be good before we start looking at other areas. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you've got an ATP player and he can win potentially, you know, what's it at the moment? 16p on a gold day. If you move that up to... I don't know, 24p for a star man performance, which is a 50% uplift. That's a huge reward, isn't it? A huge carrot. Um, so potentially, you know, some people would say you don't need that extra layer and that extra win mechanic. I'm still at the moment, I'm going to go away and think about what you've said. I, I'm still on the side of potentially EJ and Sam Friedman in that I would like that 1p at 175 and, and 2p at 225. But then equally, I need to think about that a little bit more, but that was just something I scribbled down. Mm. I think I think I'm in agreement in some sort of mechanism. I'm not too sure what it is, but I firmly believe that we need those foundations set in stone first because then we, we get into the situation of kind of like, oh, well, we've added another thing that we have to score out of ten. Do you know what I mean? And and I yes. think that and we haven't got the PB in the. I mean, that's the irony. P- people think that 
Well, I think that I pride myself on coming on here and being neutral and being open and open and transparent and giving my honest opinions. And you know, we've said PB and MB, especially media, is not good enough. I've said that from show one. It's annoyed me and pissed me off. So like. Um, yeah, you do need to get those two right first. I see what you're saying before you build on top of it. So let's talk about the how then. Yeah, I think we blurred the lines there, which is my bad. <laughs> Probably didn't do a good enough job. So I, so I would, um, I'd get some announcement going and some clarity on when phase two and sell orders is going to be ready to launch. Because at the moment, there's a lot of money sitting there in bids, sort of wasted. You can't amend the bid. It's eating into like... Uh, liquidity and capital reallocation so let's get the sell orders in place and understand where that's going to be let's put your two percent on bids um let's give some information about the pb matrix some information on the dividend review when that's going to happen what the media review is going to look like and the impact of that and that's enough for me and maybe a clarity on the roadmap i honestly think that will set the market alight and we'll all move forward from that. I think SOTD had a quite good tweet. I, I'm literally oh, yeah, not really giving many of my opinions, just giving like PB Man's, his, Sockers, yeah. uh, who was at TW in the Discord. <laughs> he said, so he said, I see quite a, f- uh, oh no, one second. He said, um, oh, it was something about the fundamentals. Uh, various ideas of people trying to boost the market. None of that for me, just want the foundations built on, stabilized and improved. And whilst I think, there's no context to that tweet and it maybe misses a bit of nuance. I think it kind of captures the overall sentiment of the community. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he also Agreed. tweeted today, Anthony Martial took the lot last night. Magnificent 19p in dividends. Not sure I've seen one tweet about it, which is interesting, isn't it? Like it kind of goes back oh, to that Brexit kind of conversation. Absolutely. That we had absolutely. Earlier, I've seen it. Yeah. You, you kind of get where I'm coming from now where... Um, all the good in the world when the sentiment is going against you can't help no but 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 the hat to to the to the how point i think like you know we need clarity on i I think three points are very important we've got um the sell side of the order books we've got media and clarity on pb matrix and we've got the dividend increase or review whatever you Mm. call it Mm. those three things i think and i predict will happen um in july towards beginning of august i think they are key and i don't know if they happen all at the same time and i think i was talking about this on the private um the the patreon podcast that i did i released the first monthly one um uh a a couple days ago and i said that Mm. those are the three key steps those are the bits in the roadmap that when those three get ticked off in one way or another like you know you can sit here and tell me panda that you don't want the pb matrix change and i might sit here and tell you that the pb matrix change but one way or another when we have absolute clarity on that whether it's for us or against our portfolios you know we put it under the rug and we move on that is now one thing ticked media again as part of that um the uh the sell side order books or whatever the next stage is and maybe some clarity around when nasdaq fully comes in and then the um what was my last point again the dividend review the dividend yes yes of course fundamental i think those three things whether they happen at the same time or this happen in in small steps Mm. between july and august i think are truly imperative And and i think like i you know i can't sit you can't i don't think we can sit here and tell each other that um by mid-August, if those things all are happened and are clarified in one way or another, we won't see rockets. I just can't see any scenario for it. 
Well, where we won't see rockets. Yeah. I, I can't, I, honestly, honestly like... I'm, I'm depositing into this. I'm licking my lips at the prices. That's, the tone of this, this discussion is that, you know, we, you've got to see all sides and understand it and try and dig deep into why this is occurring and um, think about where people place potentially bad bets or not. I don't think that's particularly helpful just to say bad bets, you know, so we've done that. But yeah, don't get me wrong. I can't see any way we don't have rockets towards the middle or end of August. And if I'm wrong, then I'll be here on the show. And, you know, I'd love people to dial in. And even in the next few weeks, you know, if people, if we can ever set up a break, uh, like a dial-in show, um, people ring in and chat, because it's very hard on Twitter to have debates and discussion. I'd like to hear, I've seen a lot of good tweets from people that are fairly negative this week. And um, it'd be good to talk to them in person because I just can't really... I can see some of the, the, the points of view, but some of it seems hyperbole to me. Mm, and, I think um, there's so much panic, hyperbole. There's hyperbole there's so, in, there's... In, in kind of snippets of time. Do you know what I mean? In snapshots yeah. of where we are in and, this and journey. Interesting, the original investors, though, you know, the guys from the very old days who have seen far more volatility, the guys like FBI trader who comes from a financial trading background, someone like me who is accustomed i guess to losing money that sounds <laughs> bad i don't lose money all the time but you know i'm very used i've to never seen several you thousand uh, very used to several thousand pounds disappearing in 90 minutes you know so it's all part of a of a market i and, think uh, fi bruce tra- wayne our very own batman uh messaged me saying is it time for me to get the 55 percent tweet out and for those of you who don't know he basically lost 55 percent of his total portfolio of, uh, value overnight um and that was on a like Five was that back in the Griezmann? Was that back in the Griezmann days? Griezmann, I think it was Manu Ibrahimovic, and... Griezmann. Um, yeah, I, I think people don't understand that this <laughs> this is the best FI has ever been. <laughs> it's well, look at the year I've had. I've, I've ret- I think I've done about one hundred and ten percent this year. You know, yes, I'm down substantially the last fortnight, but um, you know, zoom out. God, I'd have taken this position at the start of COVID without shadow of a doubt. Oh, and absolutely. I don't want to judge things. I will. I will give a, a firm and strong opinion once we get to sell orders once sell orders are in place media reviews finished we've got dividend review clarification then it's time to really sit down and reflect where you are do you believe in the vision do you believe in the product i think those discussions are healthier then right now it just feels like a little bit like come on guys like let's have a little bit of patience here yeah a, b- a bit of perspective as well a bit of perspective that it's been a great three years. This is like two or three week blip in, in, the, in the bigger picture. And I think we, we discussed potential attrition when these mechanisms kind of come into play. And I think we talked about, didn't we? We said that FI, I think, will be very happy, not happy. They'd never want to lose customers. And if people do leave uh, the platform, whether it's like last week or last month or last year or next year, I never want to see people lose, leave the platform because it's something that I love. And obviously, um, with all the content that we've got going on here, like it's something I'm super passionate about. But well, I think we talked about how they were very, not happy, but they take losing a 2% of a customer base if they gain the potential to one, scale this product to the potential that it could be, two, cater also to those who are kind of like of a uh, high net worth individual status and also of that trading back f- background. Um, I think we're not at that point yet, but I think there will be a, a tug when NASDAQ fully comes in. As you said, when we have all those uh puzzles in place a piece of the puzzles in place of the um you know dividend review the matrix um uh transparency and 
you know actually firming that and also the the next stage of the MEs when in September maybe when the full Nasdaq integration happens or whenever it happens I think there will be a point where people have to reflect and say is this something I still want to be part of or or trade on and if it's not I think FI have already prepared for themselves for that. They know this won't be everyone's cup of tea, but it's a necessary thing for this to go from 100 million to 1 billion plus. Mm, mm. I, I also think, hopefully we'll do some webinars or you know who knows what one day, but I'd love to talk to people that, you know, like if you buy Harland up to say £8.20, you know, why now are you getting rid of him at seven pounds? Like, do do enough? Are people understanding why they're buying players and and what what the value is of some of them? You know, there's there's some there's lots of questions really, but um, clearly, yeah, we're 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 in a flat period, and I think we'll probably continue to be, don't you think, until until we get some announcement or some dates? I think so. I think so. Unless I don't un- see unless Sancho fancies an early transfer. Yeah, unless we get a Romano tweet, here we go. Here we I go. Think, yeah, I think uh, I think it's going to be fairly flat for a couple of weeks. But oh man, yeah, oh, a lot, a lot, a lot said there, really, and uh, probably a bit of ramble. So if you've got this far, uh, you know, hopefully you took away something. Well, we haven't got the third point, have we? What to do in a oh. in a in a in a down market? I think I'm going to actually. Right. Gonna, I missed for the first time in a while doing a video on a Wednesday because I was super video busy. So I'm going to actually probably. Mm upload one tomorrow i'm going to do kind of top three tips on how to deal in a in a down market what are you doing right now what would you advise Mm. people to be doing number one i'm falling back on the fundamental reasons i own players um the fundamental understanding i've got of the business the vision i've got of football index and where it's going um you know and and the passion for the product so but in terms of I guess, tangible, what am I doing, you know, day to day when I log onto the platform? Um, I'm certainly not selling in, in a downswing my, well, I like all my buyers, so I'm not selling any of them. Nothing's changed for me in the last two or three weeks. I'm holding everybody. I am using the match engine and, you know, where I see opportunities, I'm topping players up. I'm depositing to take advantage of it. Um, what do other people do? You know, I, I guess it doesn't it depend on the player. I try, I'm just trying to I didn't actually prepare for this question. I'm just trying to think of like the major rule is really not to panic and sell yourself short. You're under no pressure to sell these players. This is a three year bet. Well, maybe it's you've got a year left, two years left, but I wouldn't be panicking at this stage and, and selling. Uh, I think that one of the best things to do if you've been on more than three to six months, I think, is just remind yourself of what you did in the last downturn. I think that's always really, really important, isn't it, Panda? Like, I think at the beginning of my FI journey, a lot of the things I regret is not kind of going harder when things looked bad. Like, I was there in a situation where um, Adam Cole had just come out and said PB was going to be able to be won by the squad, including the top 200. And, you know, we were losing 5% a day. And I didn't buy any more players because... I didn't really know what to do. I was kind of scared and it's selling one, but I was kind of like, okay, like what do I do in this situation? And I think that if I go back to that and I think about my kind of emotional reaction then, how uh, fearful I was in, you know, when was it? Summer 2017 um, compared to now when I kind of look at it and say, well, I know that if I'd 
done what I should have done then and bought more players, I would have made more money exponentially to this point because of compounding effect. So right now I'm in a position where I'm like, okay, well, I'm probably going to bid on some players that I already hold. And I know that I value at X price on the current dividend structure. Um, And if I believe that there is a strong opportunity or a strong uh, probability that there will be a dividend increase, I probably will be, you know, doing so. So I've I've made bids and I've been buying players. Um, uh, you know, in the last three weeks, I've done it via the market and um, mm. the the matching engine, um, just for extra clarity. So I think it's really important. My, my top tip is I think think about how you felt and what you did in the last downturn. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I, I think other, other things is not to to think too emotionally. I think that Sam Friedman always says that quite quite well, isn't it? Like don't trade emotionally if you weren't going to sell someone five minutes ago uh, or a day ago or a week ago why are you mm, selling now mm. and i think that's kind of what you alluded to isn't it and i think it's important to be balanced you know you may be in a group chat with ultra positive people then it might be important to look at some of the negativity and the negative tweets if you're in a group and everyone's very negative then it may be useful to look at some positive tweets or try and get into you know a positive discussion with somebody so you want to try and remain balanced and cold and make decisions for yourself um, because there is a lot of misinformation out there and you know let's face it a lot of fear-mongering there is there is and yeah. those people that fear-mongered about covid and football not returning and the death of the platform you know looking to get in at lower prices um you know the, 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 they'll do the same yeah so uh, might might do a uh might and do... try and look two three months ahead as well yeah you should probably do a little video on top so i think that's really useful i always think two to three months ahead and it really helps me to not worry about today i think you football know, index I always... phoenix has just tweeted a wise man once said be greedy when others are fearful now is the time oh, yeah, to that... stop so that's the that's the yeah quote, that's the classic it? i mean i'm going berserk on the buying at the moment as you well yeah today so <laughs> yeah putting the money where my mouth is and uh we'll see you know we'll see what happens i, in, I think yeah, that is another thing right a lot of the people who do tweet about it positively fi emmys whatever you want to say most of them do put their money where their mouth is they're not just saying it so other people will put money into the platform a no, lot of people i've been speaking to it's, it's kind of impossible to to not put your money where your mouth is isn't it absolutely yeah um, um and, and the, yeah and the community on the whole is, is a really it's a it's it's a great place and, and a melting pot and everyone's very passionate about the product but clearly when things start to get a bit rocky, um, there is some angst and anxiety about it. But the more times you know you go through that, the better. And let, 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 let's see in four to six weeks where things are. That's what I would say. I wouldn't be making any hasty decisions now when you've got a phase one and a trial and all yeah. the announcements to come. Yeah, agreed. This feels like the worst time to me to sell. Bloody hell, I've got so many post-sticks in front of me. Um, Right, before we get into the questions, just need to plug The Athletic. Sorry if that was longer than uh, anticipated. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by The Athletic, a subscription-based sports news site delivering in-depth sports coverage. They feature amazing football reporters you know and love like David Ornstein, James Pearce, Sam Lee and Rafa Honigstein. They are telling stories you won't find anywhere else with no ads or clickbait. Just amazing sports writing. So for 50% off your annual subscription to the best sports writing around, go to theathletic.co.uk slash fig. It's £2.49 a month if you go for their annual deal uh have you bought anything recently for more than £2.49 oh this is the worst part of the show every week when I let you down I used to be so on point with this and then I always forget this question's coming so probably a bottle of vodka on Saturday (laughs) (laughs) do you know funny story I got I got the old Deliveroo I sent 
I sent you the screenshots of this. So got gin and tonics from Deliveroo from the local shop and uh, the, the gin was actually out of stock. The pink gin was not in stock. So everything arrived. I had to put a separate order in to then get vodka and Diet Coke because the gin wasn't there. So poor driver, back and forth, back and forth. Oh, well, gave me a tip both times, but there you go. So you're, you're, a, you're a generous annoyed, man. I am, but I had to can't, I had to amend the order on delivery oh, because it can't amend it. Nightmare. I couldn't even swap the vodka, so it had to be two separate orders. Something else really quickly, Fee, a bit more energy into the show. Market shenanigans. I just want to say my piece, right? I want to see people, I want to see them clamping down on this. I'm getting <laughs> I want to see them imprisoned. I want to see them banged <laughs> Behind up. bars. I get, I get so many texts, few, well, a few texts from people saying, What's, have you seen Trent? Have you seen Sancho? What's happening with Bruno? You know, there needs to be a, bloody control put in place that if you've got a sell order in the market you can't bid because it's open to manipulation if you're like you know flash crashing a player to create panic and then picking up bids cheaply that's got to be clamped down i think Nick i think the about it. Unf- we need to get stronger on this i think the unfortunate truth is though in quite um <sighs> Immature Trent's markets. just been unlisted. Trent's, I, I, Trent's now nine forty four. He was nine pound thirteen a minute ago. I'm going to tweet. Okay. Um, the unfortunate truth is, though, that in immature markets, this does happen quite often, doesn't it? And I think you see it a lot in crypto. You see but it. Do a they lot not in... have the... You do. It's hard is though. Technolo- it's, it is... is the technology not there? FBI trader can reply to me. Surely, if you've got a consistent pattern that you analyse, if someone is listing twenty to thirty p, you get a list of the traders that have listed him. You then do a cross-match against the number of people that are buying. If it's consistently the same people over a six-month period, then clearly something's happening. Mm, mm. They should that be able That interrogation to do that. and that cross-matching, FBI trader at me, there has to be... It must be simple to do that because, you know, it spooks people and um, it's damn right cheating. And, um, you know, I'm getting a bit tired of it. So that's my rant on that. And I get the blame for it as well, especially on Sancho, because I tell you, I've got a tweet from Lee Collins and um, he said to me, have you ever, um, a question for today's show, have you ever crashed Sancho 20p just for a laugh? No, no I haven't. And, you know, pe- people will put two and two together and assume because I've got a big hold and I do that. I wouldn't do that because I'd be fearful that I lost him. You know, I'm trying to build a position in him. So I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't risk my career as a professional gambler doing something like that for the sake of a few extra quid absolutely no way um so i do get some of the blame for those sancho crashes but um football index know my account anyway so yeah it's not me anyway. <sighs> questions is it <laughs> questions yeah. what a show after you had to defend yourself well not guilty yeah, <laughs> not guilty lee not guilty right um, right. on to the question all right let me give you one been a tiring week fi headhunter are you currently topping up Absolutely, my friend. Yeah, topping up uh, vivaciously, vibrantly is the word. Yeah. So, what does vivaciously mean? No, maybe that's the wrong term. <laughs> is that even a word? <laughs> if you're vivacious, aren't you bubbly, effervescent? You know, Ag- aggressively. Describe I mean. someone as vivacious. You mean that they are lively, exciting, and attractive. Nice. Yeah. Like, I, I just. I'm, <laughs> I don't, I don't I think feel... I've ever heard anyone describe that. <laughs> trading like that but fair enough no I'm, I'm topping up big time mm. yeah are you uh i got some bits in uh some matched this morning which is nice i do love waking up i mean me and you we probably wake up later than the average man but um we do we, we probably wake up to some nice deals sometimes which is which is fun um right uh go on your turn 
F.I. Ben, Revels, the chocolate sweets. Oh, fuck, I'm not answering one. this. Disgusting. The one. Disgusting, Ben. Why is that such a disgusting question? Can I, can I also ben. actually... I've lost a bit of touch with him. Can I actually out him? I can I out him very quickly? On, we were on, actually on, supposed on. to record yesterday with me and Data Stephen and him. Oh, and yes. uh, we got stood up, me and Stephen, by Ben. Um, he just didn't turn geez. up. So I didn't expect that from a man no, of that intensity. Hold on, though. Hold on. I'll make it worse. Because the very empathetic and, uh, you know, careful man that I am... I, I thought that something bad had happened to him because he was reading, we were supposed to record at 7.30pm last night and he was reading my messages up until 6.30pm and then he just didn't show up and me and, me and poor Stephen were just on a Zoom call just kind of, you know, making small talk, talking to each other and he just never came up and then he messaged me late in the night saying he'd been at the beach with his mates. What, if I'd been? Oh, couldn't believe it. The, the cheek on his this second appearance as well. Oh, this, is, this is a hint of arrogance oh. coming in. I'm going to answer because I still like him and he hasn't stood me up. <laughs> we are recording this evening, though, just to clarify. Oh, he's... Okay, good. Okay. He's, he's, he's going to... He's gonna, uh, he said he's going to profusely apologise via Zoom to me, oh, but yeah, um, yeah. he's a great guy. Lo- great I, guy. A lot of time lo- for FI. Love, love his appearances. Uh, my favourite chocolate is the orange one. Love the orange and coffee ones. Hate the toffee ones. Wow. Um, damage to the teeth. Throw those away. I'm a big... I'm a big, like, caramel fan. And toffee's not too far mm. from that. And I'm a big chocolate raisin fan as well. No, no I'd have to. No, I'd have no. to can the coffee if I had mm. to can one of them. But I don't eat Revel. Who the fuck eats Revels in this day and age? I always get a bag of. Revels oh, you don't. Me. You're fucking bullshitting me. <laughs> next time, I next swear. time you buy a bag of Revels, yep. I want to see a picture of it on the TL because I, I genuinely don't believe right. anybody buys right. Revels Listen these days. Me. Listen to me, pal. I, I've got I've got a fine milkman who delivers me four pints of milk twice a week. Okay, <laughs> organic milk, um, artisan loaf of bread. <laughs> And some bacon. That's not what I mean. And um, I feel um, like a lot of people listening to this, including myself, just want your life. <laughs> <laughs> I go out. I have half a pint of milk with a fresh oh meat. Milk is a soup. <laughs> milk is a superfood, and I get damn right pissed off with people that tell me almond milk, coconut milk are milks. They're white flavored liquids. Cow's milk is packed full of nutrients. I pour myself a glass to refresh myself and I have a bag of Revels. Okay? <laughs> and I enjoy that little time away. I have the air conditioning unit on. I'll go onto the hammock outside oh, and that will be half an hour a day. So good question. <laughs> <my levels>. right. <laughs> I, just, I just don't think any, any, any sane man um, Listen, I get, fedora, I get the fedora on. I go to the bottom of the garden, sit in the hammock, have Revels and my organic milk and I'm happy. Oh, God. All right. All right uh, got off from Discord. Uh, Greeky, yeah, how do you feel that yeah. the buy and sell buttons are presented uh, in the opposite way compared to the same on Betfair? Does it make a difference yeah. for people coming from Betfair? Should FI swap them over to look similar yeah. to the Betfair's ones? Yeah. Nice question. I don't like it. I, I get really... I consistently click the wrong button on the website to what I want to do. Hmm. I don't understand why buy isn't first. Um, I would switch them, yeah. That's quite a nice pickup and question from someone there. I don't think it makes a huge difference in the long run to you know where the product's going but it is an irritance and an annoyance of mine daily mm. Mm. go on mm. your turn um when's the rebrand panda extra coming this is from football <laughs> tw tell you what it's got a ring to it doesn't it but what if you ever leave what happens then that that's true <laughs> you know, it could happen when sport returns and i'm up at 4am to watch cricket in bangladesh fbi cast extra doesn't really have a the same ring to it does it no nor does fi ben Extra that will never or... happen that absolute traitor <laughs> um, um, it could yeah, happen go it's got a bit of a ring to it to be fair panda cars panda cast extra i think the listeners would need to be consistently 
smashing record yeah. with an oral B sponsor. <laughs> and then I tell you what, if could... any sort of dental company sponsors the show, I will officially rename rename it the Pandacast. Okay, I'm, I might I might get down to my. I've got to go and see him uh, soon. My my dentist that and, uh, I'm friends with. So I may oh, have. I forgot to tell you do. about um, Mr. Fig's uh, dental problems. So cool. just before I moved out, my dad, um, so he had some root, root stuff done a while ago, but they, they lodged a piece of like metal string or part of a drill bit into his teeth oh, and they couldn't yeah. take it out. And they were like, okay, well, we can do some more stuff and try and take it out. It's a bit difficult, but if it doesn't bother you, then let's just leave it in. And recently he just woke up and he said, Look at my face. Is the right side of my face swollen? I was like, not really. I was like, well, my fucking tooth hurts a lot. So um, he's had some antibiotics. Apparently, it's probably got inflamed and infected, and and, and they're doing it. But bloody hell, the uh, the fig household. It's not really had their See, luck with it. With uh, no, with not with no, not at all. And, and, at and all. We're, we're relatively a good dentally hygienic family, which is weird. Oh, isn't you it? got yeah. yeah. You mean you got a decent smile? It doesn't. I wouldn't say it lights up the room. <laughs> I would say it's fairly good. I'd give it like a seven. <laughs> Yeah, but it's, it's good as the PB matrix, it. isn't it? Can I? Yeah, well, better. Can I just ask you a quick question on. on this water pick flosser? Oh, bought, you know, did you have you have you upgraded? You, yeah, do you leave it on as you run around and then top it up as you finish the kind of top half of your mouth? What do you mean? Because you, but the other one I've got, you keep pressing for a burst of activity to clean between the teeth. Oh. this one, you just you turn it on, don't you? you? And it's a consistent jet. You stream click of water. on, then I just razz it all the way around my teeth. You move it around. Oh, I'll give do it. you do? Do you do the insides? Uh, well? I try. I, I definitely do the wisdom okay. tooth teeth just to, to uh, make those boys, just make sure those boys don't get infected again. Got it. Because I caught my lip with it. it oh, no. mate, it's powerful, isn't it? Caught my it tongue really a few hurts. times and it's just like, ah, yeah, damn, really just been hurts. hit by the water um, pick. Hmm, okay, good, good. Uh, <laughs> your question. I oh, know my question. Is it? Yeah. Um, mine. This is F.I. Elliot. What are you both most excited about in the next three months? I like F.I. Elliot. Hello, by the way. Uh, Guessing there'll be phase two of ME, potentially full order books in place, the new season of football, blah, blah, blah. Fig, what are you most excited about in the next three months? Um, September. <laughs> Why? Uh, just because we keep saying we'd love to fast forward to a, to a place where all the leagues are playing at the same time. Yeah, um, yeah. We're looking forward to the Euros and the World Cup consistently, summer on summer. We'll start, yeah. we'll start having more transfer activity between then and now um yes you know you'll have sell orders you'll have mb matrix revamp you'll have dividend increase so for me Absolutely. fast forwarding september is what i'm looking forward to yeah, not that I'm i don't think forward. there won't be great opportunities between now and then i just feel like fi uh, between a rock and a hard place in, in the sense it's that very it's very yeah, difficult yeah. It is so difficult. Because yeah. the calendars aren't aligned, because there's some uncertainty about X and Y. It's, it's very tough. So I do feel, for me, if I had to pinpoint one thing, I think the MB Matrix mm. um, revamp, I'm really excited to see how that is, to what level mm. they kind of mm. revamp it. What about you? No, no. Yeah, I'm really excited about um, the Sancho transfer side. <laughs> <laughs> what am I most excited oh, about, honestly? Well. It's the bids and that saga. Uh, apart from that, from a platform perspective... Probably the media review. I'm really excited about that. I've been a big, a big, I've been a big critical mm. for a long time. So I'm really intrigued. You've also got to some see. shit ideas about how it should be fixed. By the way, I'm not going. To <laughs> I'm 
Uh, I, I was, I was hoping question. for a bite there. Hope, hope no, you no, get no, absolutely triggered as much as you did by almond milk earlier, but it didn't really happen, did it? Um, FI Trader Tom, one of my favourite uh, pals in the community. Good, good man, good man. One of the nicest chaps in the community as well. What would a move to midfield do to Trent Alexander-Arnold's price? Wow. So, so for people that don't it's know... It's a bit of a myth. Is it Nico or Neko Williams? Neko Williams. No, oh, I don't know, actually. Okay, because I'm not... But I know he's very highly regarded. I say this like I know. I've just read it. People. Um, <laughs> like you've got a few scouts telling you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, just other the traders I'm copying and it makes me sound good. But apparently, you know, Starter is a right winger, supremely talented kid, came on yesterday at right back. So he's the understudy to Trent. They, there's some, some of the commentators, some of the big Liverpool fan accounts, mm. which surprised me, said, wow, wait till you see Williams at right back and Trent on the kind of right side of midfield. Mm. But even if we see that, it's got to be two or three years away. I mean, I find it. Why would you ever? Complete myth. Why would you well, ever? Exactly, exactly. Well, there's not, there, don't was, fix what's not broke, right? You don't, no. And they've got to the Champions League final. They've won a league. They're arguably one of the, well, they are the, one of the great domestic teams. I adore watching Liverpool play mm. football. Trent is such a huge aspect of mm. that. Why are you going to tweak that and change it? I don't buy into it, but look, we've got to answer the questions for the fans. Well, there's someone in the what Discord it, that used to play up top with him. What, with Nico Williams? No, no, Nico with Trent. Up, oh, up front. So, so every time someone joins the Discord, we do like a, a fig initiation yeah. and there's mm. one of them is a fun fact. And I goddamn forgot who it was. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find it at some point. He said that he used to play up front with, with Trent until year 10. What? How amazing is that? Yeah. That's the best fun yeah. fact I've seen on Discord so far. Wow. Um, I will find out who it is and give them some some props in the in the description or, or follow up tweet. But um, yeah, imagine playing up top with Trent Alexander Arnold. Um, wow, that's <laughs> incredible. Yeah, I, his price in midfield it probably initially drop. It has to drop. Yeah, I mean it's so silly because this isn't like even remotely <laughs> likely to happen in the short term. But you've got to answer the fans. It would have to drop, I suppose, and then. You know, if he's got the KDB quality, he can move inside right, still deliver crosses, get on the ball a lot, play make, free kicks with his goals. You know, he should be fine, but he would probably have to drop initially. Um, um, I think it's quite interesting, though, because it's like, you know, as an Arsenal fan, there's been a lot of conversation about Bakayo Saka's best position. Yeah. And yeah. he obviously lit the, the Prem up at left back for Arsenal and looked a really, mm. really good player there. And mm. then he played number 10 the other day and probably looked up as player again which is worrying if you're an Arsenal fan that an 18 year old straight at the academy has mm. basically mm. been your best player wherever he's played in every game um, for the past three or four games which is quite depressing but can I get can I ask you a quick question on. on Saka if Saka Mason Mount or Mason Greenwood scored two goals and play a disguised pass which was just weighted to perfection and get man of the match um, do they rise significantly more than Phil Foden and do they win medium <sighs> Ah, Saka and Greenwood definitely do. Yeah, I think I, th I, I think there's a... In terms of media, it's probably United, Liverpool, then Arsenal and Chelsea, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah I think so. And may maybe that. not Chelsea that much anymore because a lot of that was Eden Hazard and Diego Costa back in the day. Mm. So mm. Uh, those two clubs are just under uh, Liverpool. It's very interesting. It just reminded me, if, if when you said Saka, if Saka had the performance of Foden, he probably wins media for two days. Maybe. Maybe. Right. Uh, is it your That's one? That's my go, isn't it? That's my go. Um, okay. Right. Uh, 
Lorks underscore FI over on the Discord. When do you decide is a good time to buy? Example, I bought a player two days ago as his bid price dropped slightly, but the bid price has dropped another 20% since, so I feel I've lost out on profit. Yeah, I mean, one person gets the bottom price, one person gets the top, so I wouldn't worry too much about not getting the absolute rock-bottom price if you believe in the buy. Um, I, when do I buy? I guess, again, it's dependent on philosophy. I like to buy when I am fairly convinced about the talent and career arc of a footballer. And, you know, I don't really worry about fixtures and short-term flips too much. So for me, you know, I've got my own pricing strategy and I like to buy young talent that have an opportunity and a, and a, and a clear pathway to dividends with big events, which is a bit of a, a fluffy answer, I'm afraid. <laughs> but like, you know, I think, I think it's individual. It's very hard to, you'll never nail, you'll drive yourself mad if you're just always going to try and get the very lower price. If you've got spare cash and you believe in the player, I'm telling you the right thing to do now is to buy more 20p lower. Mm, mm. And I think that discounting effect is almost like kind of FOMO, but in the opposite way. I think that you need to look at the player that you bought at that price and um, is that a good price to buy? If it is, and you can buy more twenty percent off, then, as you said, it's a it's a good bargain to be t- had. Yeah, I tell you that for free. You you should be if you have <laughs> cash and you believe you should be buying more at twenty percent discount now, and doubling down, lowering your price. Right. <clears throat> can I can okay. I just ask one more? Well, that's right in front of me. Go on. F I F I Gerard, who still says he's the the real fig, which is fucking bullshit. Um, hmm. F I since twenty eighteen, but he, I've seen a lot of his tweets, and he's actually pretty smart. He's probably better than the og fig um when do each of these happen media review sell side of order books dividend review next deposit bonus uh, my estimation was all would be done in tandem for the fifth birthday in september but i think they might pull one or two forward now given the market slump so okay media review when do you think it will happen you speculate for a living you nearly got the prem coming back by like four days listen i i honestly thought we were going to get all of this in one package i thought sell orders had to be announced with a dividend review and a media review had to have a dividend increase with it. I thought it was all one big monster package that was going to be delivered after the Champions League final. So I'm 60% after the Champions League final in the window between the 24th of August and the 30th. But with the market being as it is and stagnant, I do wonder if they pull a couple forward now mm. to the middle or end of July. I think they have to move quicker than they planned. Mm. I probably agree. I'm thinking <laughs> mid-July. Sorry, I just yawned there. I, I genuinely yeah, yeah. think mid-July yeah. to early August is the window. Good question. Go on, your turn. Do get some very good questions. What, do we do? what about this NASDAQ announcement? Um, this is from FI Lambings. Apparently NASDAQ put an advert out today which reveals marketplace services, next generation capabilities. What do you make of that announcement? I haven't really watched it, so I can't comment. But Pretty interesting. Is it, the... is it FI related? Not necessarily. It is. Are people just clutching? <laughs> a little bit. Um, well, it's it's to do with... Uh, buying and selling the ability to issue uh, tokens or in our case bets Um, it's to do with uh, governance of those tokens or bets I guess in our case and kind of exchanging that uh, kind of governance and ownership of those things and there's been kind of like a an interest from financial institutions um, in general um, to kind of be able to move quickly in the digital asset space but obviously, if you're Mr. Bank, you don't really have those in-house capabilities. You ask, uh, you say to NASDAQ, look, we want to build this infrastructure um, that allows people to buy and sell um, crypto derivatives or um, 
digitized, uh, tokenized oil contracts, whatever it is, I don't know. Uh, and in FI's case, it's like, hey, look, we've got this thing where people can buy and sell bets in a kind of markety way. Can you help us do this? And Nasdaq have probably said, yeah, of course. Um, and I think from Nasdaq's perspective, you get the best of both worlds, right? This is turning into a bit of a finance podcast, which is silly. Yeah. But you get the perspective of, well, we can actually service, um, you know, our existing clients who might actually want to move into the space, the kind of tokenized digital asset space or general uh, market side of things. And we can also service the flourishing world of sports betting in the US, which they will want to be the first mm. movers in, uh, you know, uh, in the next two, yeah. three years when legislation's kind of loosened up and we see... Uh, crazy amounts of things happening in the US from a gambling perspective, you know, maybe better fair, mm. for example, how crazy would that be? Um, you know, NASDAQ would want to be at the forefront of some of that stuff. Mm. Love it. But good, good. Um, yeah. Can't add anything to that. Um, but I can't, I can't read to in, anything into it. It's, no, um, it's no, just like okay. a fancy, fancy animation, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, Big man. Bets. Go on, you go, oh, no, you, 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 go, you go. On a big, big man bets, do you think the market is settling correcting at the moment and that prices today are reflective of a true value given the current market conditions? Sorry, I need to yawn. <laughs> I.e., it's lack of auction in this bloody room. Um, we need a market. Do we need a market update from FI to fundamentally change the players' values to stimulate the market? Two parts to this one. Is it settling correcting and that we're getting fair value? I mean, difficult, isn't it? It is. It is. It's, um, well, I mean, the market isn't correcting compared to dividend returns because they're still undervalued. Mm. So, yeah, there's many players I believe are still significantly undervalued. So, it depends what your, I mean, Martial nearly did 10% in dividends last night, right? So, um, yeah. th- that says it all. And that's someone who's under 25 is playing number nine for United, etc. But look, um, it depends what you're comparing the correction to. Like, what is it? it's kind of regression to the mean to some extent. Like, what is that bit that you're saying it's correcting to, if that makes sense? Yeah. It's it's yeah. very hard I, to say. Um, yeah. I, I still think that dividends are undervalued right now. I don't think they are reflective of players' true value. You know, I still think... I don't really buy into a market correction. I think there's just a bit of a, a lack of confidence and some upset traders out there for the reasons we've all discussed. We're not going to go over that again. So, no, I don't think it is settling or correcting. No. Mm. Um, right. Bloody... I've just seen FI Ben's question again. It's triggered me. Um, mm. Football index weathers. If I brush my teeth five times a day instead of two times, do you think they would get whiter? No. No. Impossible. It's actually bad for your you teeth, need, isn't you it? You need, hyd- you need hydrogen peroxide. The only thing that's going to whiten is bleach. Please don't go out there and buy toothpaste with whitening on it it's it's a myth. bad for you the only way to do it is with hydrogen peroxide the coarser a toothbrush you want a nice soft toothbrush coarser the toothbrush the more damage it can do to the enamel in the latest witch magazine which i was reading on the hammock the other day they're doing a big piece on toothpaste and whitening so um yeah, you don't want to be doing it five times a day four times maybe but be be soft a nice soft sensodyne toothbrush right fi <laughs> hat but i can't even do this can we what? can we stop with Let's. I mean, because... between you and Fig, what Bros brother would you be? Who are you those people? Know who <laughs> Bros were a super band of the eighties? Luke Goss and shit, I forgot his brother. One went on to have cocaine addictions. I think star in um, star in West End musicals such as Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. But they had some pop hits. They were a band in the eighties, late eighties. Um, I'll be Luke Goss. They done a very funny. <laughs> 
TV drama as well, but I'm not going to put you in. Jesus that Christ. Because cheese, Robert Cheese writes says, poor fig with this yeah. one, right? Poor fig indeed. G. Pirlo. G. Pirlo. Um, has Panda or Fig, I'm going to put that in, grabbed any sexy matches? Um, do we think we need the selling option stage to come in ASAP or wait till the end of July? I think we've touched upon that, so we'll yeah. do that again. But any sexy matches? Uh, I'll keep my mouth shut. Or do you not. Yeah, I don't really want to give away... Who have I finished bidding on? <laughs> finished? Um, I can't really give an answer there um, because I'm kind of in the process of still building those matches. I mean, for those interested, I'm still buying Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the funny it sounded like a bit of an evil laugh there, nearly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so... I, uh, I can't... Yeah. I, mean, I feel bad for not giving an answer, but... I, very, I, I can't really at the moment. <laughs> well, you've um, given one. Well, you can't ask I another question. No, it's my turn, isn't it? No, go on. Sorry, sorry. Go, mate. Louis M says, can you both do Louis. an impression of uh, the other? And it, I can do an impression of you. Hello and welcome back to the uh, podcast. <laughs> That's how you start the show. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I don't know what you say after that, but the way you say welcome is very distinct. Uh, let me... Um... I, I, I could probably draw the way your voice kind of goes up and down because I've seen it so oh. many times when editing. But um, you kind of start very strongly and then go, you, you kind of whittle off. So you're like, and then I took the Who uh, magazine and, uh, you know, had it over on the uh, on the hammock. You kind of like finish a bit more softly <laughs> and faster. Yeah, I do need to work on that. <laughs> I saw a comment directed to me about that and uh, I may well get some... Or no, lessons, you won't. or dictate. You know what? No, you won't. I may well work on my. No way. Voice no because way. Because it's very important to finish a sentence as strongly as you start it. You've it's done no it right there. The... You've done it right there. Yeah, but it's <laughs> yeah, bad, isn't it? I need. I, to... I think it's quite good though because it like it's it, it it's soft at the end, so that if you're a listener, you kind of take it in, and then you I take your know, next breath. Find me captivating, and the fans out there are so kind to me. But I would want people in the car. To be listening at one value. I don't want to jump up in volume and then sort of release again. So that's to be fair, if I edit right it correctly, it, could be, it would yeah. it would you know do it. But I, I do a very hapdash job of this yeah. to get it out the door yeah. quickly. So, good question from Louis. This is um, Data Stephen. Hard question. What would a finalised product of FI look like to you? <sighs> I don't really know where to start. He's got new countries, ten thousand players, new dividends. Man, I I, I don't really know. But I think you answered it fig really nicely earlier. Don't put words in your mouth, but a very robust and good media and PB kind of matrix with a very healthy set of, you know, yields on your dividends and probably in the European countries. That'd be nice, mm. wouldn't it? Mm, it would. Maybe the US eventually as well. Yeah. A big, a big thing that would be. I mean, really, the, the world's its oyster, to be honest. Mm, it really is. It's very, it's hard to, um, it's hard to predict that far in the future because the further out you go the harder it is to speculate but you know on for the the patreon members i always ask uh traders what they view fi in 12 months and what they view in 36 and the disparity in answers is, is often quite big because two years is a long time and the further out you predict things the harder it is and in this case you're asking when the finalized product of it well i don't really expect the finalised product of FI to, to be here for another five, six years. I don't know if you do. No, I don't. No, I don't. I think we are maybe five plus years minimum away. Hmm. We're, we've got a long time. Fucking hell, I'm going to be old by then. That's depressing, isn't it? Yeah, I know. 
God, I'll be well, I'll be thirty-eight in five years' time. Um, oh no, your question. Sorry, uh, I'm so excited to ask you these questions. Mark McBride, will the move to Nasdaq put a lot of users off? I'm not looking forward to it now. Did you think lots of players could actually fall in price, where a lot of users are expecting rockets? And this goes to kind of my my point about FI maybe not being too worried about attrition. Mm. I think that's a shame that you know you feel that. Is that who's that, Mark? Yeah. I mean, if, if we launched full NASDAQ without dividend increase, then we'd have drops, and I think a lot of people would walk away. But I've always believed that it's going to be coincided with the dividend increase to kind of give that lift off and, and ease us into that and get us used to the new market conditions. So I don't believe players at all are going to crash. I think players in the prices now will look very cheap in a year. I truly believe that. Agreed. Robbo, Adidas or Nike? Or Nike, sorry. <coughs> Sorry, I just sneezed. Um, Nike. Nike for me. Yep. Oh, Nike all the way Two around. Uh, Chris Barker, yep. three pieces of advice for when the dip in the market. We've actually discussed that, haven't we? We've discussed that. If you've got cash, I, I, I follow my path. I'm buying dips. I'm attacking dips. So, you know, if you haven't got cash for that, then I think it's just wise to walk away and try not to stress out about it because it's all a, a fictional value which goes up and down and um, things should be a lot rosier in six months. Um uh, this is a good one from Filthy Investments for Panda. Fig claimed he could eat sixty fig rolls in one sitting. How many could you manage? Mm, a fig roll? I don't. I'm not sure. I'm a fan of fig roll in one sitting. Probably about twelve. But sixty? Have you actually said you could yeah. eat sixty? How big are fig rolls? Like are they the size two, of my little two and a half inches? Maybe two and a half inches. Uh, maybe like. It's quite chunky. Six centimetres in length, but then in, in width, it, it, they're probably about a centimetre and a half. Is that all? Oh, they're tiny little Yeah, things. they're little, like, size of a, like a bourbon. That size. Oh. Well, I might, I might get some today. I might get the old delivery driver to drop them off. <laughs> um, I think 60 feels quite a lot. Uh, th- this is a good question here, right? FBI. Yeah, I was going to say that one next. You this is a fantastic question, then. Pick a player from the Bundesliga, Premier League, La Liga, Serie A that's caught your eye since the restart and that you feel is currently undervalued based on where they might be in three years? Um, that's a really good question. I haven't actually watched much of the Serie A yet. Mm. So... Bundesliga. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to go for a boring one and say Marcus Turam. Um, yeah. Because yeah. he looked really good in every game I play, I watched. But I think him being managed by Mina Raiola is a very big thing, a, a tangible mm. variable that I think will long-term stand him in, in mm. good mm. from an FI perspective. Premier mm. League, um, I mean, not for maybe not for FI, but Danny Ing still looks fucking sharp, doesn't he? Did you see mm. his finish the other does. day? Yeah, Cracking. yeah, he does look sharp. Um, David Luiz? No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, La Liga don't say Martin Odegaard oh. <laughs> he's been awful he's been very bad hasn't he um, um, La, who in La Liga La Liga could be Vinicius maybe I think he's looked extraordinarily bright I haven't really watched him that much I have to be honest okay. I have to be honest yep. I have to be honest um, but he is a, a very talented player no doubt about that um, yeah. three years time bloody hell yeah. I, I think Bundesliga. I, I'd probably be boring and say Alfonso Davis. Um, Premier League. 
Yeah. Foden looked good, I guess. And I guess if you look at the three-year kind of outlook for his career, yes. it looks good. Yeah. I've called on Foden based on what the do media. I don't, I don't own but, him, but, you know. It's, yeah, I, I don't actually anymore because the, the media's worried me. But I do find that if you look at that performance, it's very hard to not see him as an, uh, just an, an elite footballer. Like, mm. He just looks to he have looks it, the doesn't part, he? doesn't he? Wait, it just looks glorious. So... Uh, there you go. Do you know who someone's I, really hot on uh, in La Liga? F.I. Ben loves uh, Stupian. Is that his name? The, the oh, left yeah. back who yeah, is owned yeah, by yeah. Watford? Yes, yes. He's actually looked pretty good every time I've watched him. Not a bad shout, yeah. Who, who scored that wonder goal for Valencia? But I don't think he's particularly young. Uh, ooh, uh, past, like, six or seven. Uh, I used to love him, Gonzalo Guedes, yeah. I used to love him yeah, 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 uh, yeah. when he was mm. a bit younger. But he's one of those guys that 21, you thought, uh, world's at his feet and then... Suddenly, he's kind of tailed off. He he was PSG yeah. and Valencia bought him out, and mm, things didn't mm. really go. Someone that I used to own quite a few of actually. S- someone that's someone for FBI trader to have a look into is Dominic Sobersly at Salzburg. Mm. He's been at, he must have been on performance enhancing steroids. <laughs> I mean, he's been. I can't believe how he's come back from COVID. He's on fire, and he's had a, a really terrible season because I he has I watched he has, him a yeah. lot. At the start of the year, I watched him a lot. And he couldn't get in the team. They played a four-four-two. He wasn't suited to be out wide. And wow, he's just come back and he looks sensational. But it's the Austrian league, mm, so it's very you know, poor standard. It's, it? it's very poor standard, so we don't know how he'll transition. But he's got a lot of second-tier like links to mm. Milan, uh, Sevilla. Well, so I, I'll tell you one player from Syria, and I mean Kulisevsky looked very good the other day, didn't he? For Parma, oh, I looked at Sawson B. Yeah. He looks a class player. Um, he does. The, the worry is on the, San, on the on the Sancho podcast. We did because he was coming out number two in a lot of the stats. We did, but the worry is him going to Juventus. He t- for him to kind of explode, he needs to become like a very focal part of that team, doesn't he? Mm. And mm. I don't, the likelihood yeah, of that happening yeah. in the next year is probably low, but in three years, it's not impossible, is it? Certainly not. Certainly not. Um, uh, how much PB would Messi win if he had four legs from Nacho Novo FI? Done two pound this year. Four legs, I think. You're not going to literally just be able to say double at four pounds, but maybe three pounds. I think the extra two legs have. It's like the law of diminishing diminishing returns. So your extra two legs probably gives you fifty percent uplift. So yeah, three quid. Uh, <laughs> Um, go on your turn uh, F.I. King Cole F.I. Akash mentioned something called arbitrage trading on the podcast it's a typo there from him can you explain what this is I mean arbit- an arbitrage opportunity in the, in, the, in the gambling world is where you've got a tennis player let's say both of them are 2.1 so in your decimal places so if player A wins you've placed £100 to win £110 so you lose your stake on player B which is 100 quid, and you win £110 on player A winning reverse that if player b wins you win 110 pounds on him but you also lose 100 pounds on player a so it's when you can get a uh, place a bet both of them where the the kind of probability exceeds 100 percent. so you've got profit no matter the outcome which is probably not the technical answer from it but you know i did a lot of arbitrage at the very start and picked up some two or three percent arbs there's software out there that can identify when bookmakers misalign with their prices but the kind of returns and the time invested wasn't worth it for me. I don't quite know how it's going to work on FR. I don't either. I didn't really get that comment. Uh, James Black, are there any mm. films, documentaries that you would recommend watching that would improve trading understandabilities, yeah. not including The Wolf of Wall Street? Mm. I, I, I don't have the books in the room with me, but I, I've read pretty much Films most and documentaries, though. That's what James is asking. Oh, sorry. He's not asking about books, <laughs> mate. 
Sorry, sorry. Although uh, if you do want to find some books, there's some some good ones on the tools mm. and resources page on my on my website, which there is some very uh, good ones. Panda did contribute to. Do you know the thing? I, I've learnt it by a trial. Mm. Like I don't know what films there are. It's funny, the Big like, Short. I, I genuine. Oh, sorry, the Big, the Big Short. Short. Yeah, but boiler boiler room. Away from it. Don't know. Boiler room. I, don't know. I could. I feel like I could coach someone far better than any film or book. Or, You're you trying know, to plug just, some services there. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not. But you got to learn on the job. I firmly believe that. Learn by doing. There was a really good tweet watching. from that guy. Yeah, because I've always said this to people, my friends. Like, you know, you you go to university to be a doctor, accountant, dentist, engineer. You you kind of pay tuition fees and do four years before you kind of start your job and try and master your craft. Similar to me, really. I had four or five years of very much hardship and trying to understand things and lose some money before things turned around many years ago. So there's a there's a there's a big price oh, big reward on doing i believe and learning um your your question as we look to uh, a long one yeah. isn't it i'm sweltering bloody my like back, turkish sword. my back is honestly bloody hell it's um it's not it's not a good state at the moment uh, uh ryan s let's ask one each more um do you think five subs and squad rotation is having a big impact on the market with people yeah. reluctant Another... to buy players playing less than 90 Excellent. minutes also, yeah, what do you yeah. think the chances of five subs being kept beyond this season? Yeah, damn. I'm, up, I'm upset about that because that's such an excellent question and point in relation to where we were talking about what the problems are with the market at the moment. That's another thing. You know, it's very difficult to land PB winners because, sorry, you've got rotation, you've got five subs, um, you've got tactical substitutions with the water break. So some clubs that have been successful are bringing on impact subs at 60 minutes onwards. So I think it's definitely a factor for uncertainty into where where to plant the money and leading to frustration in terms of you know winning pb um so that's a good point i agree do you we, we won't see it in the new year i believe i believe we saw it now because um it, they didn't have a pre-season they were off so long mm. Mm. uh i, yeah, I don't uh, think it's gonna stay for next season though no. Go on, last question. Is an hour oh, and twenty-five. I need to edit. Poor this. people. The first half an hour was a bit of a slog as well, wasn't it? <laughs> um, this is just. Oh, let me see. One last question. Um, da, 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 da. Oh, there's so many good ones. Martial. Last one. Martial or Lacazette? There's only one answer to that, isn't there? What Martial? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's interesting to see if he can actually hold that number nine spot down. Do you reckon? Do you know he's exceeding his goals now? He's got, um, I think he's outscoring his XG expected goals by fifty-seven percent, and he's got, he's, you know, only three point three percent of strikers would have had this number of goals based on some stats. I saw something from United Arena last night, but he's upped his Premier League goals to fourteen now, and um, he's not had. He know, has. Excellent he has overperformed his XG for the past every season he's been at United. Is it really? Oh, it's not. I thought it was just this year. No. Is it every season? So at Monaco, I mean... at Monaco, he it, both seasons he underperformed a little bit. Um, I think, if I'm reading that correctly, um, yeah. And he he's overperforming in the last five seasons, which probably, considering it's five seasons worth of data, it's because he's a good finisher. Wow! I've just incredible 2015-16 he had an expected goals of 7.27 7 ish and he scored 11 mm. he's consistent yeah i didn't so he's know a, he's a very him. good finisher then we've got to start i think as a community to start to think about this chap don't we at 24 i mean he's not exactly old as the service improves rashford's found his position on the left 
Bruno's tucked in behind. Is he his stats? You know, set for a bit of a lift off. His stats compared think... to Marcus Rashford are actually identical. If you look at all seasons, if you look at this season, they're not too far off either. This is very, very interesting. And if you took Rashford's penalties on, they're probably quite close. But yeah, yeah it's interesting. I mean, <clears throat> it's always hard to buy a player after a hat trick, isn't it? Because the likelihood of them repeating those performances in the next game are probably quite low but um yeah but then you know I don't, I don't necessarily believe the strikers find form and get into rich veins of form mm. I, I mean it is interesting to see that he is clearly an above average finisher because he is you know he's scoring more yeah, than the average person that's truly stunned me because Martial gets a bit of stick doesn't he and so did Rashford for a lot of time but you know they've been in quite a poor workman-like team I would suggest it's only the last four months they've, de- they've developed and not even four months really since Bruno's arrived developed um, uh, an ability to break down kind of deep blocks and look quite penetrative, you know, in and around the area when teams are sitting in. I think Pogba's ingenuity and inventiveness and and Bruno, like the flick yesterday, Rashford's kind of hovering and holding defenders out on the left. The movement's looking a bit crisper and sharper. So Martial could be a massive benefactor of Bruno and Pogba being in that team. One to one that I'm going to actually put on the watch list. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Uh, Right, well, that's it, isn't it? That's it, I'm afraid. That's it. Where can people find out more about you? At sporting underscore panda. At me, tweet me, you know. I'm looking forward to this rebrand. Yep, yep, get back to Dustin in the next day or so. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, I will speak to you next week. Yes, mate. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Have a great day in the sun. It's so warm. I think the weather's probably going to get shittier soon. And uh, remember, Football Index is a gambling platform. Only bet where you can afford to lose it and stop when fun stops. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. See you next week. Bye.